You're listening to Murderland Russia. I'm your host, Katya. Ali Kulbayev was born January 12, 1991. When Ali was three years old, his parents divorced. Ali stayed with his father in Uzbekistan. Rima, Ali's mother, and Ali's older brother went to live in Ufa, Russia. Ufa is the capital of the Republic of Bashkortostan. Bashkortostan is an ethnic republic located in western Russia along the Volga River and Ural Mountains. It is said to be the ancestral home of the Bashkir people, a Turkic ethnic group. Bashkortostan is one of the first ethnic autonomies in Russia and in the Soviet Union. Ufa is the 11th most populous city in Russia with a population of 1,060,000 inhabitants. Back in Uzbekistan, when Ali was 18 years old, he had been convicted of selling arms illegally and served up to three years in prison. After his release, he moved to Moscow. 26-year-old Ali worked as a packer at a vegetable distribution plant. Ali had an online girlfriend, 23-year-old Shannoza Abdikamova. Shannoza's family was from Sterlitamak the second largest city in Bashkortostan. She lived next door to her parents. Sterlitamak is just 121 kilometers or 75 miles south of Ufa. In December of 2017, Ali had been planning to travel to Ufa to visit his mother, Rima, and Shannoza, his girlfriend. Before his visit, Rima had found out through relatives that Ali had proposed to Shannoza but that she had rejected him. Some sources say that she rejected him because he had a criminal record, but not much is known about the actual rejection. Anyway, on his social media page, Vakontakte, on November 19, 2017, he posted, Bitch, if I suffer, it doesn't mean I don't feel pain. I'm guessing this means something along the lines of the English phrase, Love is pain. Also, Rima had received a phone call earlier that day from Shannoza saying that she was scared of Ali because he told her he would kill her if she rejected his marriage proposal. Rima was working as a custodian at a school in Ufa at that time. On that day, when Ali came to visit, he brought flowers. She remarked that it was the first time she had ever received flowers from him. Now, here's the weird thing. During that visit, Ali asked Rima if she wanted to abort him while she was still pregnant with him. Rima said yes. Ali also asked Rima if his mother was currently pregnant. She also said yes. During that visit, she asked Ali if he had come to Ufa to visit Shannoza. He laughed and said he hadn't talked to her in over a year. On December 20, 2017, Ali was spotted entering a neighborhood grocery store with a bouquet of flowers. The neighborhood grocery store was named Salute. It was on Victory Street in the Chernikovka region of Ufa, the northern part of the city. Ali had followed Shannoza into the store. People in the store spotted Ali trying to gift flowers to Shannoza and her refusing them. Ali had a knife and stabbed Shannoza 17 times. A security guard and a saleswoman tried to stop him, but it was too late. She had died on the spot. Then he tried to commit suicide.
By then, the police officers and emergency services had arrived. And while Ali lied on the ground, he yelled at the police, Finish me off! Eyewitness video captured this crazed, pathetic yell. That's Ali saying, finish me off, and a sarcastic onlooker responding, huh? Finish you off? We would, you idiot, but who cares? With plenty of attitude and expletives, of course. He had already stabbed himself on the left side of the chest. Within minutes, Shanoza's mother arrived at the scene and shouted, He killed my daughter, that goat! The police did not finish him off. Instead, they carted him off to the hospital where he made a full recovery. Despite all the digging I did on the internet, I was not able to find out what became of Ali. I assume he's in jail. I hope he is. There is no death penalty in Russia, so we'll just have to see what his sentence is. I'm going to share with you a second true crime story from Russia. Irina Mosvitina lived in Rochelle, a town in the Moscow Oblast, Russia. Rochelle is 156 kilometers or 97 miles east of Moscow. Rochelle is a quiet town that maintains most of the original Soviet architecture and has been described as one of the most remote regions in the Moscow region. During the Soviet Union, it was the site of a successful chemical plant, but fell to bankruptcy in the 90s and was completely defunct by 2006. Irina was an only child and attended school number four. When Irina graduated, she moved to Moscow and attended Sholokov Moscow State University for Humanities. Irina met her husband, Grigori, while living in Moscow. Grigori is from Biryulova, another region of the Moscow Oblast. Irina worked as an executive assistant. Co-workers remember that her husband drove her to work every day. She loved animals and children. She did not have any children of her own, however. When Irina was about 30, her mother learned that her daughter was addicted to drugs. Of the numerous sources interviewed, many did not believe that she was because she was happy, came to work on time, and didn't appear to be on drugs. By then, Irina had started living with her mother. It is unclear if Irina and Grigory had divorced, if they had a fight, or were married and just living separately. Irina and her mother were living off of the fifth floor in an apartment building in Rochelle. On January 27th, 37-year-old Irina was brought to the hospital. There were traces of narcotics in her blood, indicating that she had been a longtime drug user. She had marks on her wrists and bruises on her head. She was in intensive care for a few hours, but doctors could not save her. Law enforcement that searched Irina's mother's apartment described what they saw as a section of hell. They saw chains, handcuffs, some sticks, and a sea of blood. Their apartment was a mess. They also saw chains secured by a padlock. Neighbors told law enforcement that they frequently heard shouting and crashes from their apartment. Some sources say that Irina was frequently mocked by her mother and that her mother thought that Irina lived a crazy lifestyle. Another source says that handcuffing Irina 
that was a mutual agreement because their family could not afford rehab. Olga, Irina's mom, told law enforcement that she only did that because she was helping with her daughter's drug addiction. When Olga testified to the police, she said that she had already tried numerous methods to help her get off drugs, beating her, handcuffing her to the radiators, and even kicking her out onto the street. I'm sure you can imagine how cold and terrible that was. When the father was interviewed, he said that the relationship between Irina and her mother were normal, nothing out of the ordinary. A friend of Irina's, Anastasia, told the media that Irina's mother hated her, and for whatever reason, Irina's mother really did not want her to give birth to Grigori's children. After moving in, Irina never left the house. I told her to come stay with me instead of her mom to get away from it all. Irina responded that her mother would kill her if she ever stayed at Anastasia's. Later, Olga Vradi, senior assistant to the head of the investigative committee for the Moscow region, reported that the marks and bruises were not the direct cause of death and that no criminal intent was suspected in Irina's death. The morgue ruled out organ failure as Irina's cause of death and also ruled out a drug overdose, citing possibly cardiac arrest during the drug withdrawals. They also said in a statement that addicts coming down from a withdrawal often bang their heads against a wall, but no true answer. Just eight days before Irina arrived in the hospital, on January 19th, Irina posted on her Instagram a picture of herself with messy hair and the caption, Good mornings don't happen. There is no ongoing investigation about Irina's death, and nobody else has been questioned. I still have questions about the case, and I'm sure you do too. Like, who brought Irina to the hospital? Where's Grigori in all of this? And how is Olga going to live with herself for the rest of her life? And what a strange cryptic message that law enforcement came out with. Are they hiding something? Thank you so much for listening to Murderland Russia. Please rate us on your podcast listening app and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the contact you at Murderland Russia.